Tassa, Bokua, to Arahatu, Sama, Sambutasa, Namu Tassa, Bokua, to Arahatu, Sama, Sambutasa, Namu Tassa, Bokua, to Arahatu, Sama, Sambutasa, Bundhang, Tamang, Sanghang, Namasa. course to notice that we have our venerable guest Lumpo Viratamo staying with us and it's a a great pleasure indeed Uh, we go back a very long way (laughs) 36 years 35 years it's uh, (laughs) very long time and uh, in the good old days and We had a dirt floor, grass roof, salas in Thailand. and So it's been a real joy having Ajahn, Ajahn V, Lumpur uh, <laughs> Viridamo, staying with us. And it could well be that um, some of you have come this evening uh, because it was announced on our website that uh, Ajahn V was going to be giving the Dhamma talk. Uh, or it might be that uh, some of you have come because it's the first Saturday of the month and you thought I was going to give the Dhamma talk. Uh, either way... Uh, as it happens, we like to, of course, uh, abide by the laws of the country. And it turns out that um, uh, Ajahn V came into the country on a, a regular visitor tourist visa. And uh, when you are aware of what the regulations say, it means that, uh, that uh, no preaching is allowed and not even uh, conducting uh, pastoral work is allowed. And so... He's not allowed to preach or conduct pastoral work uh, while he's in the country. Uh, However, uh, so I'm going to talk for a little while, um, but uh, there will be a chance for anybody afterwards who would like to uh, stay for an informal cup of tea and a chat. Ajahn V will be over in the reception room. No preaching. No preaching and no pastoral work done. So there you go. So thinking about this... um, Sometimes, you know, when these little um, issues come up, you know, one can be a little dismissive. Uh, the fact is that we depend uh, very much on a good relationship with the Home Office. And in fact, the Home Office came to do an audit at our main monastery, Amarawati, a few months ago. And they look after the Home Office, uh, of course, as you know, look after immigration matters and visas and and work permits and so on and uh, Amarawati takes care of all of our communities and as it happened uh, the inspector was not delighted with uh, the way we've been keeping records of things and went as far as to make some uh, quite threatening noises about um, the implications which could make it very difficult for us in the future if we wanted uh, to invite people, monks and nuns from overseas to come and, and spend time with us and so uh, these details, although they can be sometimes on one level apparently irritating and even not important, uh, it is important to pay attention to details. Of course, it's also important not to get so obsessed with details that we don't lose the bigger picture. And uh, probably in this room, we've got a, the whole range of people who tend to get obsessed with details. That's me. I'm off on that side of the spectrum. And then those who don't pay attention to details and are just so into the bigger picture <laughs> that, 
that um, they don't notice some of the details. And so um, I would suggest that that as a, as a contemplation of Dhamma, this is, this is quite helpful to, to bear in mind that right practice really is a balance of these. There are times when we do need to be paying attention to details. There's a, uh, a beautiful image that the Buddha has given, which probably most of you are aware of, where he gives the uh, picture of a, a, a barrel of water. He said, drip by drip, the barrel of water fills up. And so it is that moment by moment, we become replete with goodness. And uh, the same, of course, applies true for, for negativity, that uh, you know, we can, if we allow ourselves to be caught in small moments of anger or small moments of dishonesty, uh, small moments of, of fear or greed, and not pay attention to them, then they do easily become a habit. So there's wholesome habits and unwholesome habits are born out of small moments, and it's something that the Buddha uh, raised up and encouraged us to to consider, and and, and not just to consider positively, but also not to dismiss. He was quite specifically, don't dismiss the small moments uh, because they do have an effect. And and today, I was uh, our meal was offered generously by. Uh, some good friends who live in Perth, Australia, <clears throat> and it was the anniversary of, of one of them. It was her mother who passed away some years ago. Very good friend of, of Ajahn V and myself, uh, a Burmese lady that we all used to just call Auntie, Auntie Mabel, uh, more properly known as Digamaji Do Amient. But she was, she was a good lady and uh, very formidable force in uh, helping set up the monastery in Wellington. Anyway, these friends in, in Perth offered the meal today and they had a, a meditation group at their place there uh, in the evening, which was about six or seven hours ago now. And they asked if I would, on Skype, give a little Dhamma discourse on gratitude to parents. And so when I applied my mind to the subject of gratitude to parents, and I realized that for a lot of people, they find it difficult to feel gratitude. There's various reasons there. Not everybody had the good fortune of a beautiful, wonderful uh, parenting. And, and yet, the fact remains that we are indebted to our parents. So what do you do? How do you start? How do, you, do you force a judgment on yourself and say, well, you should be grateful you know, if you're a good Buddhist or, or you ungrateful brat. You, know, you, know, you should be like this. Well, we, we, none of us want that. So where do you start? Well, again, as V and I were talking about this because... He's, he's had a lot of experience in this. He was looking after his mother in, in uh, Ottawa for nine years. Um, so he decided to take care of her there and, and stayed there looking after living in with her Monday to Friday for nine years. And so he has a lot of experience in it. So we were discussing the subject. But one of the things that came up was there's always some small moments that you can identify. You know, however unhappy we might be with our parenting or for parents, however unhappy you might be with your children or with your partner, however unhappy you might be with your partner, if we choose to, we can always find a small moment that we can feel good about. Or with yourselves, however unhappy we might be about ourselves. Maybe you're dwelling in remorse for something that you think you did that was ultimately terrible and, and so you can write yourself off forever because of this terrible mistake you made. But 
if we're skillful in direct attention, we focus on not pretending there's not the other stuff, but focus on one small moment of goodness, one small moment of gratitude, and build on it. And this is possible, something the, the Buddha highlighted to don't dismiss the small moments. They, they count. Whether the wholesome small moments or unwholesome small moments, they matter. When I was... Um, when I was travelling in Thailand many years ago now, I remember seeing people with, with a goita. I don't know if you know what a goita is. You don't see it in this country anymore, a goita. As I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, but all that's needed for, you know, to get a goita is an absence of iodine in the diet. Just a small, you don't need much, a minuscule amount of, of iodine, and you can develop this really ugly, unfortunate condition. It's a small thing, and you think, oh, iodine, who needs it? <laughs> Well, fortunately, we all here have a good balanced diet, but uh, just a small thing missing can have a huge effect. And or the image that I, I often like to refer to when talking about sila, <clears throat> you can have a really nice car, a really, really good car, and it can go really fast. The engine's good, the upholstery's good, the, you know how to drive, everything's good, except the wheels are not balanced. Small detail. I mean, small detail. It doesn't matter until you go over 50. And once you go, maybe, once you go over 50, you can be in the ditch. Yeah, small detail, but it really matters. And so, it's just uh, this evening to raise us up into our awareness, to, the, to not dismiss the small details in our life, whether it's in relationship. You think, oh, well, you know, you know I've been living with him or her for so a long time. You know, they, they know that I appreciate them. Well, maybe just an occasional making the point of reminding them that you care about them. Or mum, you know, or dad. You know, remembering that we are indebted to them. And just a small moment of a phone call can have a big effect. Or passing through the checkout in the supermarket. You know, just taking a small moment to smile at that poor person sitting there with that torch that goes all day long and they go beep, 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 beep. I mean, you know, is that not a recipe for going bonkers? I mean... Really, what an ordeal they put their people through. And, you know, just to stop and just smile, it can make it, you know, maybe you've got to be careful what you say because sometimes they're in a bad mood. But, you know, just to smile, most people, you, like, a smile works. So these small things work, wholesome and unwholesome. Ajahn Chah, in teaching the Vinaya, the, the, the discipline to the monks, he used to say, he says, don't just think you've got to watch out for the big rules, you know, like killing and stealing. You know, these, these serious rules that if you do break them, you're finished. You're not a monk anymore. You can't be a monk again for the rest of your life. Don't, you know, you've got to watch out for those rules. But he says, don't think that's all that matters. He says, really, it's the small rules, the dukkhatas, the little ones that matter. So pay attention to the little ones and the big ones look after themselves. So this perception we have about, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, tell a little lie, it doesn't matter. Well, the next time we go to tell a lie, it's easier. You know, next something while nobody's watching. Well, actually, guess what? You're watching. <laughs> and if you know you're being dishonest, then your self-respect goes down a little bit. Every time you do something dishonest or, or not impeccable, your self-respect goes down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And so just like the water barrel fills up drop by drop, it also leaks out drop by drop. You just got a little crack and drip. So, on this occasion, to uh, remind us of the, um, the place of 
little moments. And but as I started off by saying, to not forget, of course, also we need a balance with the bigger picture. If you've got a, you know three planets in Virgo like I do, well, you can easily become obsessed with the details and really make other people's lives difficult, not to mention your own life. And so it is also important to pull back and remember the bigger picture and to have a balance of these two. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation of uh, fighting a forest fire. Uh, one of the monasteries I lived in in Thailand, in uh, Chiang Rai, in the north of Thailand, the fire was coming down the ridge towards the monastery, and uh, we got out there with our, I forget what we used now, do we have these fire beaters? I don't remember, but it was spreading through the leaves in the forest. It was tender dry, and this was coming down, which was, I suppose was all right. I mean, we're losing some trees, but if it got into the monastery, you'd be losing buildings. And so we got out there, and we were patting this fire out, trying to put this fire out. And, and in a situation like that, you can't be thinking about, am I succeeding in putting the fire out? Say, no, this one I've got to put out, this one. This one I've got to put out. Yeah. It's helpful, of course, to have somebody on the ridge opposite or up in a helicopter. That's important to have somebody who's got the bigger view. Yeah. But right now, what matters is this flame burning right here with our inner work, with our inner life, with our contemplative life. We can be so focused on the bigger picture of getting enlightened. You know, we're Buddhists, we're best, we, you know, we all feel really good about this, and it is good, we are lucky, that's true. You know, an aspiration for complete, unshakable liberation is a wonderful thing. However, if we're still getting fooled by that mind moment that we call anticipation we can be ruining our lives just one moment of anticipation if we catch it in the moment can have a huge effect but anticipating 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 is going on all the time we're always anticipating what's going to happen next we can have a habit of it not there's anything wrong with anticipation it's a wonderful capacity it's part of an aspect of our intelligence we can anticipate extrapolate speculate and be creative and, and keep yourself safe and, and, and so on. All sorts of wonderful things come associated with that capacity. But if we're caught up in it, we're obsessed with it, and we become identified as it. And so it's, it's me. I'm always anticipating to the point where I don't even know I'm doing it. And if we can just bring our awareness back to now, this, this moment, not is the whole forest fire getting put out, but is this little moment of heedless delusion being dealt with. Very helpful, very useful. So again, to emphasize that uh, uh, depending on our sort of character, whether it's the small moments we need to be paying attention to or the bigger picture, I would suggest that right practice is keeping a balance of the two. So thank you very much this evening for your attention.